everybody back to the weekly slim and slam podcast i'm slim joining me is slam i am here i am the slammiest of the slams big you're slam. the slimmest of the slams big slamma jamma in the building all right this week got a lot of stuff to talk about had a pretty eventful one for us here as we record midway through uh, a lot of stuff happened up and down so we're just going to break them down talk about it give our thoughts fill you in a little bit on our daily lives i know this is a weekly show but sometimes it's fun to keep you up to date with the hosts so big slam big caleb how you doing, dog? I'm doing pretty fantastic. I'm sitting here at a nice, cool 62 degrees. But aside from that, I got the oil changed in me car so we can go and take a good old trip this weekend uh, and have a good old time. Yeah, yeah. So starting from the beginning, we browse Facebook Marketplace way too often to find shitbox cars because we're bored and we live in the middle of nowhere, so there's not a whole lot else to do. So Agreed. We, were we were browsing the Marketplace, a uh, really rusty 1990 Fox Body Mustang came up on the Marketplace over in Minnesota. And I go, I gotta have that. You never see foxes that run, I gotta have it. So we did some deliberation, everybody told me it was a bad idea, and then I went and got a loan. <laughs> This uh, this is a true fact. It is rusty, but everything's rusty because Midwest. I have my own fox that is also rusty, but not as bad, I suppose. And we are hopefully going to bring home a new car if it's a if it's only service rust, like the man said. Hopefully, it's a good deal, and the boy will have a a car to cruise in. So the difference between my fox and your fox, should I come home with this one, is mine has an engine in it. Mine technic well, it mine does have an engine in it. However, it does not have a transmission, or a battery, or the new engine put together and in, inside the car. You know. So you know you say all the things that would make a be called essentials for a vehicle to run. It doesn't have. I mean, we could go and crank it over right now if you'd like. It will run. Well, it will run. It's just going to spew its insides everywhere if it is so much as looked at the wrong way. Sure. I mean, that's a fair assessment, I assume. So it's been quite the adventure before we even get on the adventure to go get the vehicle. So the first thing that happened, I'm walking it back, and we'll circle back to this later because COVID's going to come up as, as a topic later on. Shh, don't tell YouTube we said the C word. Anyway, my credit is terrible because there was a couple of months of time at the beginning of the pandemic where I had to live off of credit cards. So my credit score is incredibly low. But when I saw this vehicle, well, it came up, I had to have a loan for it. So I went to the bank. I said, hey, bank, here it is. I got this thing that I want to buy. I got a lot of collateral for it. I know my credit sucks, but just approve me, okay? And they were like, okay. So I went through uh, like two or three days and we're going this weekend to go get the vehicle. So I thought the loan would be approved already, but they give me a call on Tuesday of this week. And they say, all right, we changed our minds. We're not going to approve you for this loan. So I go, ah, well, I already told the guy I was coming to look at the car. So it'd be a dick move of me to drive all the way there, not have any money, look at the car and go, hmm, very nice. And then leave. He might appreciate it. You never know. <laughs> Everybody likes being told their car is uh, nice. However, this one may have been sitting outside for a good bit of time. Yeah, we're not going to tell him it's nice. We're going to take it from him for less than he's asking for. Anyway, um, so I started looking for private loans. And those get to be scary because you, you jump online, right? And you type in loans for bad credit and you get 900 ads before you get to the first link on Google. And all of these ads are the thing where you fill in your information, like your private information, uh, your social security, phone number, email, all that crap, right? And then it, yep. it searches all of these other sites where they're like network partners. And I say that with quotations. 
and they, they, they send you to another site that like, gives you an offer. And then for the next seven days, you get 90 emails and, and 900 phone calls. People going, hey, we can offer you a loan for 200 bucks at a 7,000% interest rate. There's a really scary side of the industry that you get welcome to. And it's like, I don't know if you've ever covered, covered yourself in honey and then walked into a bear exhibit at a zoo. That's what it feels like. I <laughs> can't say I have. <laughs> Man, I was hoping I picked a relatable thing that a lot of people did. I think that I think you might be standing alone, or at least with only just a couple people on that one. Unfortunately, no Winnie the Pooh fans. Unfortunate. <laughs> but yeah, so I I apply for a private loan, and I get all I get through all the shady stuff. I got people calling me left and right, scam numbers, people who barely speak English. And nothing against people who barely speak English, but they're tough to communicate to about money. And I was a little frustrated at the time because I was in panic mode trying to get a loan for this car. So we right. eventually found one. I got my private loan figured out, got the money in the bank today. So that's all taken care of. So now all that's left is to get everybody crammed into the, the mom van Jeep. The Jeep, what is it? What is your Jeep? A compass? Yes, it is a compass. We and get, it is the mom van. Yeah, we're going to get everybody crammed in the mom van, drive ourselves over to Minnesota, look at the car, and it's very possible I'm going to take like a crouch down to look under the car and not buy it. Yeah, I'd say that's a high possibility just based on how much rust we've seen on the outside. However, that could be coincidental and just be surface rust. You might get lucky, or it's going to look like the underside of the rusting that I have sitting out in the parking lot right now. It's very possible. We, we, we talked to the guy. I asked him if, he, if it had rust on the frame. He said no, but you never know these days. You know, I, it's like asking a dentist if he knows how high spaceships can fly before they need different thrust providers because <laughs> there's no atmosphere. The yeah. dentist doesn't know, but he's going to give you an answer probably because he's a doctor of something. So same thing <laughs> here. I don't think this guy's a car guy, but you know he might just be an old guy and doesn't want to look under the vehicle. Who cares? But we're going to go and try to get it anyway. So Yeah, it'll, it should be a fun journey. Time with the boys. Uh, it's just a, a bit of a jaunt. Well, and that's but... the thing. Like, if you... If you're a dude and you've ever been on a road trip with a bunch of other dudes you know you know what that situation is but if you're not a dude or if you've never been on a road trip with a bunch of other dudes especially around that like college age i'll, I'll yep. clue you in on a secret it's probably the most gay experience you'll ever have without being gay it is That's pretty all. gay you're shoving five dudes in a cramped space <laughs> and yeah. expecting to go three hours there and then three hours back and i, I don't mean in a, in a in a in a way that is derogative or you know looking down upon uh homosexuals but it's not gay in like a physical sense but the comments that come out of five dudes in a car is like walking into a gay bar as the most attractive man in town <laughs> somebody's gonna hit on you at least one guy will right that's just how it is but that's that's what those car trips are like so if, if, it, if it's the first time for you when you go on yours just be prepared Nobody will touch you, but you're going to feel either really, really good looking uh, or laugh a lot. One of the two. Hopefully one of the two. Otherwise, it's going to be cramped car. Everybody's going to be angry and listening to very loud music in my sound system probably won't survive. <laughs> and the best part about taking these trips to go get vehicles, right? When we, we we're, Our whole friend group is car guys, right? And uh, we, we go on these trips to go get vehicles. And the best thing about them is when more than two people go on these trips, you get there and everybody fights over who gets to ride back in the car besides the guy who bought the car. Factual statements right there. 
Now, we haven't decided who's riding back with me should I buy the Mustang, but I think the most fun way to decide would be a sword fight to the death. Listen, I don't know about you, but I'd still like to come back with all my limbs. I don't want to end up like the Black Knight on on a, the Holy Grail, where I'm going to drive back home with limbs missing and I'm going to be sitting on my waist. I, I guess you better learn how to sword fight then, huh? That better. Who's bringing swords? Uh, I do own a pair of fencing foils somewhere, so I suppose we could use those, but those are a little tough to murder with because they have round points, so we might have to improvise. <laughs> we just have to sharpen the point? Yeah, well, or... I'll bring a grindstone, and we'll, we'll just do it in the back of the compass. Okay. We'll set up a little blacksmith shop, ye old blacksmith, and uh, I'll just pump out swords like no tomorrow. Perfect. That way, if you know that like, we don't agree on a price with the Mustang man, we can we can make up the cost in traded goods. Just hand him a <laughs> traded uh, goods. Yeah, just hand him a Scottish claymore and say, "Here you go. That should make up for the last eight hundred dollars." Great. I'm sure he'd be very impressed with that. You never know. He he's got children. I'm sure he wants to uh, give them something that they can hurt themselves with. I mean, that's what my parents would have done when I was younger. Three six-year-olds running around with eight-foot-long swords. That sounds like a great idea. Pretty much. Or, uh, what are they? The Roman candles. Uh, we'd shoot those at each other all the time when I was younger. You get the, just the for fun. can as the Captain America shield. And... <laughs> Not quite. We uh, would save all our fireworks from the 4th of July. And in the winter, when it would actually snow, which was very rare then for some reason, we would build snow forts and then shoot roman candles at each other if you got domed with a roman candle you got domed with a roman candle that's just how it goes sometimes if you catch on fire you just like flop face down into the snow and, psh, and then you're out. pretty much it's exactly like uh is it uh larry harry from uh the home alone where he grabs the doorknob and or his hair gets set on fire by the the blowtorch and he goes into the snow that's pretty much how it goes. You are digging deep into some movie lore here, man. I couldn't tell you the last time I watched Home Alone. It's been a minute, I'll tell you that much. So, quick quick little clue in for the audience here. I hate Christmas. It's the worst holiday. <laughs> like, every other holiday is fine. Thanksgiving, yeah. Like, Thanksgiving, to me, is the holiday where you, like, hang out with your family. But Christmas, I gotta decorate a tree, gotta decorate the house, gotta put lights up, all that extra junk. I gotta go buy people stuff. Don't get me wrong, I like giving gifts, but it becomes a lot when you got a big family. It's very, it can get very expensive very quick. And it seems like where all the holidays come together, for me at least, it's a lot of driving. And that's why I'm having to do an oil change before we go to Minnesota, because I've traveled within, I've traveled the mileage that I need in order to do my next oil change within like a month and a half just because of how much I have to travel, go back to the land of the corn and cattle, and then come back. Well, you did just do this exact trip last week by yourself. I did indeed, and it's actually longer, I found out, because it just is, I guess. It's many more miles it's about a, an hour's worth. It's longer so it was, because it is. It's farther away. I, I don't know where I was going with that, but yes, it is longer because it is, and it's farther away, meaning I have to drive farther for yeah, that. Nice. However, it was worth it in the end, because I didn't have to sit around with my family. I actually got to see my girlfriend, and I got to see her dad's drag racing Civic, which also does not have an engine in it currently, but he is building one to put back into it. 
Yeah, I was gonna say, you know, every every time we talk about this Civic, it's been a week since you were up there, basically. Uh, and we've we've shared around pictures of this Civic, and we've talked about it. But every time it's come up, it's like, oh yeah, it's a fast Civic. It's not now. No engine in it. <laughs> I mean, you got me there. It's got no engine in it currently, and he's building, he's redoing an engine for another friend of his, but it once was a fast Civic. Because it is stripped, it's got a cage in it, it's got plexiglass for the glass, and it's just a really cool car. However, it's got, it doesn't have the slicks on it right now, it doesn't have the engine or the trans in it. I'm sure the trans is out of it too. And I guess it kind of looks like my garage right now, <laughs> with with parts just kind of everywhere. So uh, again, missing all of the essential you know, pieces of a vehicle. Well, you got the frame. Right <laughs> the, you got the couch. physical car there, I guess. Right right now it's a glorified couch with metal. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> I guess you got me there. That's fair. Alright, everybody, we're going to take a quick break, jump to an ad here, and we'll be right back. Thank you guys so much for joining us on this episode of the Slim and Slam podcast. If you're liking what you're hearing, please head to the YouTube channel and subscribe so you can catch the latest episode as it comes out. If you're not a YouTube type of person, you can still find us on Spotify at Slim and Slam podcast. Go ahead and search us up and find us there. We realize we've had some technical difficulties with the audio in the last couple of episodes, but rest assured we do have new equipment on the way that will help out with some of those issues. So we thank you so much for sticking with us. We're having a lot of fun producing this show, and we hope you're enjoying listening. If this is an ad space you'd like to fill, please feel free to email slimandslampodcast at gmail.com with the ad spot you'd like to use here in the show. With that being said, let's get back to the show. Thanks again for listening to that ad break for us, folks. We're back with some more action. Once again, this is Slim. I'm joined by Slam. Hello, I am once again Slam. All right, so, Caleb, you work from home off and on, right? Like, since pandemic, you've done some work from home stuff, right? I have, yep. It was originally first to do testing to make sure, like, hey, we can actually push this out to the rest of the company on both our credit card and bank side, but... After that, it was kind of like, hey, you got to stay on site because you're a tech guy and you got to do tech things. I guess that's my job, so I got to do it. But recently, with the increases of this new variant and a lot of people getting COVID, um, they're sending us back home off and on bi-weekly. So I'm going to be working from home for two weeks, and now I'm back in the office for another two weeks. And then the cycle continues. Do you feel like you get a lot of work done at home? I know they've done studies that people are more productive at home and all that. Do you feel like that's the case? I'd say it definitely depends from person to person. There, It definitely takes longer to do things from home just because I've got to go through a VPN and I've got to call people off my cell because I don't have a desk phone here. Um, and i got to explain to them why I don't have an area code known to our area of living. So in that aspect, it can take longer, but I definitely feel like I get a lot more done. I get my tickets closed as usual and I just get more time done on projects and I think a big part of that is because I'm not interrupted by walk-ins so much because our area is kind of open people will come and knock on our door and be like hey can you fix this for me real quick and I'll be like eh, I could but where's my ticket yeah I sent a ticket I was just gonna <laughs> say that's that's uh so this is my first week working from from home in an actual company I've done some work from home before when I was working as a contractor basically but this is my first time doing it from a company and like I said before I had a, had a COVID test so I had to wait for my COVID test to clear this week before I could go back into the office so I've been working from home for three days and this whole thing about being more productive at home I just I could not buy it if you gave me a million dollars right 
Like, <laughs> the, the only benefit is there's not people stopping at my desk to fix stuff. Yeah, that makes sense. But I'm sitting here, no pants on, got YouTube on on the other screen. I'm watching an Amazon show on the TV. I got like 97 bags of snacks opened up. Man, I'm not getting anything done. I I, <laughs> I guess that's where it differs a little bit. Because I, I guess I did, I was on my phone quite a bit more here while working from home, but I was still getting stuff done as usual. Uh, as far as productivity goes, I would say that it didn't change hardly at all, but it definitely puts a strain when I'm in the office by myself and I gotta do all the hardware stuff then. Sure. So I, I think that's probably a big part of it too. Yeah, and I get uh, that. But there's... <laughs> I definitely know what you mean by having a... I've had Twitch up for a while and have YouTube up and watch videos there, so... I definitely was slacking off a bit, I will say. And I don't know if it's one of those things that, like, maybe people grow out of it eventually, right? Like, the first two weeks of working from home is cool, and then after that, you're like, oh, yeah, I actually gotta do my job, or I'm gonna get fired. I get that. Yeah. Maybe that's how it is. But for me, I hate wearing pants. Wearing pants and underwear, worst thing in the world. I hate it. When I'm at home, no pants on, ever. But the bathroom <laughs> is, like, ten feet from me. If I gotta poo, we're just going. I just get up and I go poo. Like, I don't have to, like, time it with my breaks, anything like that. Just get up. Yeah. I mean, I don't really do that at work either. But I use the bathroom at work less because I'm always involved in stuff. But here, I'm looking at my email. I got my teams pulled up. I'm answering stuff. I work on a project a little bit. And then I'm in the bathroom for 10 minutes. Or I got a 3D printer in the living room. I'm playing with the printer. Or I'm watching a TV show. Or, you know, maybe I lay down and I watch a YouTube video on my phone. Or I whip a book out and i read a you know chapter like i'm never doing actual work you know i answer in a phone call maybe twice a day so it's great you know i'm not doing my job but then when i get back to the office then i'm gonna have to catch up for the four days i didn't do anything right yeah that definitely seems to be how it goes at least in the work environment and i think it's more or less because of our field of work too um because i've got people in different departments where they could do their entire job at home uh, where they take calls and stuff as normal like that. Uh, so they are just as productive there as they are in office. Do I wish I could do that? Of course. But is it practical for me? I, I guess not. But I do enjoy it because I can feed my uh, vaporous addiction <laughs> while working. So I guess that's the, the win for me there. Nicotine is the silent killer, yeah. I mean, I do the same thing, man. Like, So we're both pretty avid vapors, uh, Caleb and I. And when we're at home or in the when we're in the company of friends, the vapes come out and we are blowing clouds pretty frequently. Uh, so, you know, we're that kind of degenerate folk. But, yeah, when you're in the office, obviously you can't do that. You work in a corporate environment. So then when you're home, you know, again, it's just another thing. I can't, I can't believe that people are more productive at home. It's just crazy to me. Middle managers exist for a reason. It might be to breathe down your neck and crack the whip so that, you know, you do your job. But, boy, it'd be way easier if I could just blow a vape cloud in the face of a middle manager, you know? <laughs> I agree. There has been quite a few times where I'd like to do that. Well, like, you see, our, the difference between your position and mine is, like, you have managers, right? Like, you have somebody you report to. Right. I don't really report to anybody but the CTO uh, and the CEO. So there's nobody to come check on me because they're both busy. So I don't right. really have the middle manager thing, which is good and bad because, like, I get the space to do what I want to do. But then at the same time, nobody's there to, you know, keep track of what I'm doing. So if I get off track, then we're off the rails. 
Right. Yeah, there's definitely that middle manager there for me. And I mean, I've worked with all sorts of different people throughout many departments of different varying statuses of manager and like three different types of VP, even though they all do the same job technically, and, which is basically stare at emails and other things, as I've seen on some computers. But we will get into that. That's for another time, hopefully. See, maybe. Here's, here's the thing I'm thinking, right? Like, as we're talking about this, I'm thinking, how many people's jobs would be completely eliminated if we didn't have email? Quite a few, <laughs> I would think. Because I know, uh, at least there... for us, there's like two or three people whose only job is to watch an email inbox. Right. <laughs> and I mean, I get that everyone, like, there's a few people, and they're great people. I love talking to them. Uh, their assistants to the CEOs and whatnot at her main location. They're great people, but and they, I'd say that they keep the business running as much as the CEOs do, just because they have to do so much stuff for them. Um, so I think that their jobs are definitely important, but it's when you start to get into the branched out departments, I'm learning titles that don't even make sense that exist. There's like VP of VPs and stuff like that. <laughs> like, what? Just... They got the You're just CT creating a job title that I don't get the money from. You got the CTP FVPOL. Pretty much, we're gonna end up with the entire alphabet here shortly. I'm pretty sure as one position. What's your job title, man? And then you just <laughs> <laughs> just start singing the alphabet song from kindergarten. <laughs> exactly. Ah, uh, good times though. I do enjoy what I do. However, I'm not. I, I don't think I'm a super huge fan of the giant corporate setting that i'm in just because of all the different people i have to talk to and the breathing down the neck and just the amount of work that comes in for the amount of pay that you inevitably get out of it because i'm i swear that i'm doing some of the things that somebody in like an administrative position would do sometimes and yeah. they don't want to do it if i contact them so i guess i have to do it well, that, I, I hear you. So when we went out of college, and this is how I came to this conclusion. When, when we went out of college, I went to work for a large corporation company. You know, it had five, 600 employees, which is pretty big for this area. Um, and you got the whole corporate environment workspace and sort of white walls, white desk, whitewashed sort of environment, you know. Uh, yep. And I hated it. I was commuting an hour at the time because I was still living in Brookings, which is an hour north of here. And I would commute into work and have to get there at seven and you work till four and just the, the whole grind of the corporate machine kind of just sucks the soul out of you. So then after I left that company, I went to go find a new job and I said, I don't want to work enterprise anymore. I don't want to do it. It's I hate it. So I went and worked for a small contractor company and then I eventually took the position here where I could get in before it was a corporate environment because they were pretty small when I started. But then we had like 500% growth or something like that. Right. So now it's a, it's the beginnings of a corporate environment. And I'm not 100% sure how I feel about it, but I'm also towards the top of it, so it doesn't bother me as much. Yeah, I agree. And being towards the top, I mean, in a corporate environment, I feel like would be nicer. But at the same time, there's a lot more expected of you then, uh, which you're very capable of doing all the things that you do. I mean, I don't think you've had too much trouble because you're pretty smart. Uh, By pretty days. smart, I mean very smart. <laughs> much smarter than... Uh, my Nebraskan brain uh, still got farming and cattle on the mind. Well, hey, I got a new plan. Uh, screw working corporate. We're just going to, with everybody working from home, we're going to come up with a new plan. We'll just be everybody's middle managers at home. 
You just call me, oh. and tell me what you're working on, and then I'll tell your boss, and you, and then your boss pays me lots of money for that. I'm a hundred percent down for that idea. <laughs> it's like just like if I. Oh, go ahead. As to say, it sounds like the most hands-off way to make a thousand dollars a month. I would, uh, I would enjoy that. That would be nice. Just be like, oh, yep. All right, got my notepad here. Oh yeah, that's some good information you're giving me. Pick up the phone again. Uh, or, or even just have like the generic the house phone and then the cell phone on one year and then just put the two phones next to each other <laughs> easy thousand bucks easy so like one of the one of the big things that i'm struggling with this this week our company continues to add responsibilities to my my team because my team is small but our technology field keeps growing mm. uh, i now take customer inquiries i guess or tickets to do with our mobile application so I, I, I take some of those. And I before, okay. I didn't have to call clients. And now I do. So I've called two people so far. And the first guy, I was like, okay, what's going on? And he goes, I can't log into the app. And I go, okay, have you tried resetting your password? He goes, nope, I'll do that. And then he hung up. So that one wasn't All right. The next one was the same exact situation. But instead of hanging up and, and resetting his password, he asked me why. Don't ever oh, ask an IT guy gosh. why if you don't want the answer, okay? that's It's just an easy just don't ever ask because i'm gonna give you the whole answer from start to finish with all the technicalities put you know in the description of why so if you don't want to learn the entire process of how password resets work then don't but ask, don't ask. <laughs> <laughs> i 100% agree with that there's been many times where i've been on the phone with somebody and i tell them like okay we're gonna do this and this and then they're like oh okay yeah that's fine and then I just say it could be somebody in their same department or someone across the entire globe of departments where they say, so this doesn't work. And I say, okay, let's go ahead and do something like resetting your password or legit turning your computer off and turning it back on because it's been on for 28 days. Then I have to go through the process of explaining why they have to restart their computer. And they're like, oh, I've done that. And then I pull up task manager and be like, eh, no, you haven't. Uh, and then you got to be all polite about it and try and coerce them, I guess, to restart their computer because I've got this spreadsheet that's been open for an entire month and I haven't saved it once. And if it crashes, the entire company will fail. Oh, yeah. Of that spreadsheet. If that spreadsheet ever goes missing, that is a critical ticket. Oh, yeah. I can't tell you because we have network drives, too, where people will save stuff. I cannot tell you how many people just ignore that rule completely. And they're in pretty important positions where if that document was lost, there would be people fired and it would have to fall back on somebody else. We tell them constantly, like, hey, you should probably put all this stuff over here, and if you'd like, I could make you this sh nice little shortcut right there of where to drop your documents. And they still don't do it, because it takes one extra click. Yeah, so one of the things that happens for us, we have a, we have a production server for our application, right? And one of yep. the things that the production server does is it spits out uh, a PDF of clients when you, when you pull other stuff. This is the internal app, by the way, not the external app. Those are two different things. But so it makes a PDF, spits it out, and what you're supposed to do is cut that from the server and pull it to your machine. What most people okay. do is copy paste. So now oh, no. the production server is full of things that are duplicates multiple times over. Oh no. <laughs> so you got stuff like that. That's just the nature of IT, you know? Yeah, it is the nature of IT, I suppose. 
All right, I think we're going to wrap up the show here. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Slim and Slam Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't, if that's where you find us. If not, we're available on Spotify as well, and you can follow us there. If you're not following us on Twitter, the link will be in the description of the video below, or you'll be able to find us by searching Slim and Slam Pod on Twitter. All right, with that being said, have a great rest of the week, and we'll see you next Friday. Have a good night, everybody.